From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One of the biggest names in lights in the NBA, at least in name recognition, has been Zion Williamson. Is it possible that Zion could already be on the move? It's that time of year in the NBA where anything can happen. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, I want to make it clear. This isn't a rumor. This isn't one of those things that's being reported. This is very carefully being said by our own Brian Windhorst, who has made it clear that there are just whispers around the league that uh, the Pelicans could be looking to get up into the top three to five in the draft. And by doing so, it would mean that possibly Zion Williamson could be on the trade market. I want to be clear about where we are because sometimes little things become big things if we don't explain it properly. So with that being said, you know whenever we have one of these questions, we just pick up the bat phone and we ask our buddy Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, to join us. Bobby is gracious enough to do that today. See, there's no such thing as summer break, Bobby. You thought, you know what, you get a few days off after the finals. We're bothering you right away. Okay, so the Pelicans could be looking to move up in the draft. Where do you think Zion could go that would actually save his career? Well, I don't know about save his career. I don't know if there's a magic wand where all of a sudden he gets traded somewhere and all of a sudden he becomes healthy again. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Like, it's that's the big thing. It's not... It's not from a talent perspective here, and it's and you look at the body of work over the last four years, and it's been so uneven, and it's been health, right? So, if he were hypothetically to go to a team like Charlotte, why all of a sudden do we think that Zion Williamson can be healthy? Like, why all of a sudden is it the is it the medical staff in Charlotte? Is the medical staff somewhere else here? Um, so that is the leap of faith that any front office would have to go out and think about if you are thinking about maybe moving the number two pick or another, or the number three pick in Portland here, um, the risk rewards when it comes to Zion Williamson. And I'm not really even talking about the contract. And the contract's got so many layers in it that there's, it's an, it's an, and Harry knows this, it's an NFL contract, right? Like you get, there's a get out of jail free card in two years from now, if you just want to walk away. Okay, and you would be off the hook on basically everything what is owed here. But I just think it's, you know, what's the what is the risk of moving the number two pick in this draft or the number three pick on a guy who's got four years with probably upside for a player that is, let's face it, when he's on the court and when we saw that that small sample in I guess it was November December, he played like an MVP. But we never see that, and that's that's why we're talking about him. So, Bobby, is it health or is it being in shape? And is there a situation that, you know, that could get through to him to get him in shape? Well, Harry, there's so many different stipulations in this rookie contract extension regarding weight, regarding games played. So, Which I think is absurd I, I because as a professional athlete, I don't even think you people should have to put that in your contract. I just had to throw that out there, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's there. I mean, so if, if – if $38 million a year doesn't motivate you and to be, you know, have a certain percentage body fat or be under a certain weight or, you know, you know, injuries or injuries here, then I don't know whatever would motivate him as far as from, from the ability to be able to stay on the court or be, 
you know, from a conditioning um, conditioning standpoint. So he's had, you know, well-documented injuries here. I think it's a, it's it's different than Joel Embiid who had a broken foot his first, you know, couple of years in, in, in the NBA here. So it's just that he's been such a tease as far as the, you know, the 25 to 30 games that he, he did play this year. Um, that there will be there will be somebody out there that says, "Hey, we get him under our under our um, under you know our care. We can you know we can we can keep him healthy here." But I just you know that the body of work hasn't shown to be so. But stick there for a second. We're talking to Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. You said there'll be somebody there. I guess to, yeah, to oversimplify this, did. but but why? Like if if we know it's failing and there's been veteran leadership around him and he still can't seem to get his weight or conditioning under control and the injury issues are still there and all of these problems are stacking up to the point that they're in a contract, what makes one GM think that they can turn around and fix that? The talent. I think the talent certainly overshadows a lot of things as far as what he could be and what the appeal is. I think it also... I think he's not for everyone, and I think he's not for everyone depending on what you would have to give up. You know, I mean, I think you're, you know, you know, I don't think it's multiple ones like we saw last off season with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think if it were the number two pick or the number three pick, and there's really not much there to that, I think that's probably more of a risk that teams are willing to do because the talent alone is the talent. Zion Williamson is better than Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I mean, that's the reality of it. Like, right now, that's the reality of it. He is a better player than those two. But, as we've been talking about, it's just a matter of, you know, being, you know, the ability to stay healthy. All right, Bobby. Uh, obviously, we, there's tons to break down on Zion, but also Bradley Beal is on the minds of everybody right now. In your mind, uh, what should we be watching over the next eight days? For anyone that doesn't know, it's important to to understand here. He has a no trade clause in his contract, which is obviously rare. So, what are you looking for over the next eight days when it comes to Bradley Beal? Yeah, only player right in the league who has a no trade clause. So he basically dictates the team. He probably even dictates the terms of what a deal could look like because. If you're Bradley Beal, you don't want to walk into a roster that probably would look like the current team you're on right now. So I think it's a matter of if we start to learn about who these teams are, is it Miami, okay? Uh, would the Heat dip their toe in the deep end regarding Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and uh, draft picks? If you asked me a year ago, I would say no, it's a no-brainer here. Now with these new CBA rules coming in, it's, it's Man, Beal, Lauer, uh, Beal um, Adebayo, Butler, it, it's, you know, you really have to rely on, you know, bargain shopping and free agency. I think New York will be interesting as far as, you know, for them, I, I, I you know, for, for me, if I was New York, I would make a call, but I'm not offering anything good. I'm basically just taking, you want some expiring contracts and we'll give you a draft pick, go ahead and do so. So I think what we should probably just keep an eye on, who are the teams? Who are the teams that Bradley Beal would go to because, He's owed two hundred and five hundred two hundred six million dollars. That last year is fifty seven million. That is a huge number for a guy who's a really good player, but is not. You know, he's paid like a number one, but isn't a number one. I gotta ask you, what about the Philadelphia 76ers? Do you think that would be a good spot? Saint, um, if James Harden doesn't go back there and they decide to move Maxi to the point guard position and insert Bradley Beal, do you think that's a good fit for his game? Yeah, and I think if, if if you're the Wizards, you're just is it just a salary dump, right? Like are we just looking to get rid of that because if it is, then they, because they don't have draft picks to trade, is it? Hey, we'll give you Tobias Harris who's on an expiring contract, right? If it's a pure salary dump, 
um, then I think that would be certainly because I'm not giving up Tyrese Maxey for for Bradley Beal. I'm not doing that, um, especially if there's a risk of, of losing James Harden. We're talking to Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby, I've been on one all day, so i got to ask you something totally you're not prepared for at all, but I'm just going to throw it out to you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm on one because, as you know, Vegas is part of my identity through and through. I watched uh, I watched the Golden Knights win a championship. Now I'm sitting here talking to an NBA front office insider and thinking about the fact that my city, Vegas, is so wildly popular during summer league. I've talked to some of the insiders around the league. Everybody assures me Vegas is a, a future home for the NBA. In your mind, what's it going to take for the NBA? to actually take the step towards expansion to bring Vegas into the fold? The new TV deal. I think when a new TV deal comes into place in, in the next year or two, I think that certainly opens up expansion. I think certainly when you look at two teams likely coming in, um, I think you got to do it with two. You know, Certainly Las Vegas would be up there. I think Seattle would be up there. I think what you would probably see is some teams shift to the east, whether it be Minnesota or Memphis or teams like that. But, yeah, I think – and I think the commissioner has been kind of out front. Once there is a new, you know, we get the new CBA starts in July. Then we get a new television deal that would kick in in a few years from now. And that probably sets in motion an expansion team. So what are we looking at? Like 2027 somewhere, maybe that's where, you know, we would get a start there. And listen, Vegas has shown they can, they can sustain a hockey team. They can sustain a football team. They're going to sustain a baseball team if the ace work goes through and now you would add the fourth, uh, you know, the fourth there. And it's only WNBA also, uh, you know, with an NBA team. Oh, Bobby, yeah, I just can't wait. I, that's a long time to wait, Bob. Just, just, I, I love the <laughs> fact that you're our teammate here. But, you know, when you're running that franchise, will you just find a job for me somewhere? They're just somewhere like, I'll I think just, LeBron might be running that franchise. Well, so he's going to own it. Talk to he's, him about it. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't have direct ties to LeBron. He's going to own it. But I figure, like, Bobby Marks gets in the building, then he brings in his buddy Fitz in the building, and all of a sudden we're making great things happen. Bobby, I'm just trying to make things happen here. Like, I, I'm See him, Bobby? Trying this, to leave me already, boy, I, I tell you. No, Harry can come too. Oh, like, no. well, you know, oh, now Harry could come. Isn't that something? Now <laughs> Harry can come. Bobby, uh, you know what? I appreciate your time. We always appreciate your insight. Thanks for making us smarter at what we do, and we appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, basically guaranteeing me a job with the Vegas NBA you slow team. your roll. That's how – well, I mean, he said 2027. That's plenty. By then, you know, you'll be able to buy the team because you're NFL rich. Look at that. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of, like Harry, with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And, of course, cover your furry friends like I do with Annabelle. Love you with pet health insurance. Coming up, there's no question who the best quarterback is in the NFL or is there? That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm confused. It's White Folk Wednesday music here. And Devin has put this, like, Soldier Ball Fitness. Watch me lean in, watch me rock. Listen, this song was taken by white, by white people and it taken. everyone was doing the dances on social. Harry, back me up. Back yes, me up on this. white people love this song. Have you not been to weddings and other type of events? They love this song. 
Okay. And they love the dance. I, I so, yes, I, this I, fits into white I mean, folk wins. I mean, as the resident white guy on here, I don't know if I approve of this. We might have to start. Do the dance. Do the dance, Fitz. Go ahead. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad we weren't on watch ESPN right yeah, there. Fitz and was, Harry on ESPN radio, radio, the bit. ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady. Harry <laughs> Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, I don't think there's a huge debate right now on who the best quarterback in the NFL is. In fact, I think Joe Burrow even agrees with most people, sorry Bengals fans, when he tells you, frankly, we all know it's Mahomes. I don't think there's any argument right now. It's Pat. Until somebody has a better year than, than he's had, he's the one to knock off. All right, that's very simple. Ooh. Although, Jamar Chase, Harry, may not agree because he was asked who the best quarterback in the league is. Asked about the number one player in the NFL, with very little hesitation, you said. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that, yeah. <laughs> that's easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you talk about loyalty. Loyalty over royalty, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're going to have a friend, have him be loyal like Jamar Chase is to Joe Burrow. And I love this from Jamar Chase because he don't have to mention Patrick Mahomes if he don't want to. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow throwing him the damn football. So I would have said my quarterback as well. I have a question. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is so good, everyone. Do you want to have like any sort of? I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes even cares about this one bit, but what if he does? What if he goes against the, against the Bengals next year and on December 31st, and he's like, you know what? Remember when Jamar Chase said this? And you give this guy any extra ammunition? Isn't that dumb? No, no, because I think the rivalry that that has occurred between these two teams, I just don't think any one of them give a damn. And when I mean they both don't give a damn, it's like. It is what it is. They're going to say whatever they need to say. They're going to feel whichever way they're going to feel, and they're going to sell it on the football field. That, that That's how I honestly feel about the situation. Yeah, I'm a little bit kind of – on this one, I don't know. I mean, it, it's such an innocuous thing. I I, I don't think there's any, any wrong in it. I, I, I hear where you're coming from, though. Why, like, why make Mahomes angry? I, I get that, but I have a sneaking suspicion that what Jamar J- Chase just said into a microphone is still far ni- nicer than what some players have said on the field during the course of their games. So – you know, I, I, I doubt anyone's like saying, oh, I apologize, Mr. Mahomes, during the course of the actual football game. So that probably fires him up a little bit more, I think. But it raises a question because we want to take a look at the AFC, particularly the AFC and quarterbacks, right? Now, this isn't your usual power rankings. Give me the best quarterbacks in the AFC. No, that's not what we're doing here. We're doing something different. We're going to look at the AFC quarterbacks and we're going to list them in order in their current situation, that they are best capable of taking down Patrick Mahomes. Which AFC quarterbacks are best capable of beating Mahomes? Now, that means you got to take their situation into account. So, if you think that they're on a trash football team, that might uh, be part of it. If you think they're injury-prone, that might be part of it. If you think they're about to have an accelerated breakout season, that might be part of it. So, the AFC power rankings of quarterbacks that are ready to take down Mahomes... All right, who do you have at number one, Harry? Number one. Number one for me is easy. It's going to be Joe Burrow. 
He is 3-1 and one versus Patrick Mahomes. Had an opportunity in the AFC Championship game this year to beat him again and go 4-0. That didn't happen. So Patrick Mahomes is still at the top of the throne. Joe Burrow is right underneath him. Yeah. And he's coming. I, I, I agree with you, and I think it's clear because now we've turned this into Brady versus Manning for this generation, right? Like It's become the rivalry, and there's expectation. We're talking about, well, at what point does Burrow have to get a Super Bowl to start to keep up? Like It's just happened here. Burrow is uh, epic, and, and Mahomes... Holmes is epic, I get that, but Burrow is is in that same class. So, yeah, I think we agree with that. Let's go to the next number on the list. Number two. All right, of the quarterbacks that are best positioned to uh, take Mahomes down in their current situation, Harry, who do you have it to? Buckle up your seat belts, ladies and gentlemen. We're going for a ride. I'm going number two, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) I'm going Lamar Jackson. Wow. Because, number one, his talent and the way he plays the quarterback position – But also, he has a new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to be dynamic. He has new offensive weapons. I think that's going to be dynamic. On top of the players that he already has and the running back and the offensive lineman that's going to be healthy, that wasn't healthy to start the season off last year. So I like what this Baltimore Ravens team is, and a lot of people are letting them fly under the radar, but not me. So I'm going Lamar Jackson. I sort of like that, but Devin, can you play that number again for me just one second? Number two. Right, because two's for Tua. I'm putting Tua at, t- at second Ooh. on this list, especially because I do believe Dalvin Cook's going to end up with the Dolphins. And once that happens, we're going to have a track meet that also runs the football more effectively with what I think is one of the more effective, smart, creative coaches in the entire NFL. I mean, I love the situation the Dolphins are in. Yes, we all know the big cloud that's hanging over this and the big, uh, you know, we don't never speak of Voldemort sort of moment. I understand the concussion issues, but I'm going to presume that everybody involved wouldn't have cleared him if he wasn't ready to be cleared which means I'm putting Tua at number two in this list of quarterbacks and their situation ready to take down Mahomes. Next number. Number three. All right, Harry, who you got? Well, number three for me, I have Tua because I love what Tua Tungvaloa did last year, a season ago. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, the dark cloud is can he stay healthy? Can he not have concussions or whatnot? I understand that. But the way this football team is built, and especially this offensive system in year two, that's when it really thrives the most. I think that run game is going to be a huge part of their offense this year that wasn't a part of that offense a year ago. That's going to make Tua that much more better. And if they get Dalvin Cook, oh, my Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, watch out for the Dolphins. So I got Tua on this list at number three. So I will tell you, my list was different a day ago if you'd asked me this than it is today. right? At number three for me, is Lamar, and he's at number three for all of the reasons you already said. But I'll have Evan play the number uh, sound effect. Number three. No, no, the next one. Sorry, Devin, I didn't make that clear. <laughs> number four. Number four for me is Josh Allen, and I'm only saying that because I would have had Josh Allen at three. But I think in a game of inches, when all of this is about every little nuance and detail, I got an advantage with Lamar Jackson that it's a new offensive coordinator. Nobody knows what to expect. He'll be able to run up on some teams, and they won't know what's coming. I got a disadvantage over here, where now all of a sudden we're this deep into the offseason, and they still haven't figured out how to sing Kumbaya by the campfire and make sure that Stephon Diggs is happy with Josh Allen. No Stephon Diggs. Like, the situation is part of this conversation. The situation and the drama of Stephon Diggs and whatever this communication is with the Bills is enough to put in a paper-thin margin put uh, Josh Allen down at number four instead of number three on the quarterbacks best situated to beat Mahomes for me. Who do you have it for? So at number four, I have Josh Allen, and he probably would be a little higher if it wasn't for the you know recent news that we got. Also, there's two other things that make me put Josh Allen at four. 
You have to be able to protect the football. That's the number one thing that offensive coaches get up in that room and preach about the, the whichever week you're going to play a game. Number two, the inability to be consistent calling the run game from Ken Dorsey. That scares me and bothers me when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, making them kind of one-dimensional. You can't be that way when it comes to playoff time. You have to be able to run the football. So that's why I have Josh Allen at number four. So we agree. Uh, you and I both agree that the drama around Buffalo is part of what scares us. We're going to yes. ask one of our favorite experts next if he's scared of the drama in Buffalo and what it means for the power rankings in the AFC. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Steph is not here. Everybody else is here at the current time. How concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. There's been a lot of speculation about Stephon Diggs being unhappy in Buffalo for weeks and maybe even months now. And all along, people have denied it. And Josh Allen said that they're working through some issues. So clearly, something is wrong in Buffalo. I think there's something else that's bothering Stephon Diggs that I feel like the Bills organization needs to address so they can move forward. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. My favorite part about White Folk Wednesday is Harry's dance during the music. Just, It's just a reminder that I'm not sure what's more awkward, Harry coming to a wedding with me or me going to a wedding with Harry. Either way, <laughs> either way, either way. People well, my, are be my, wife, my wife would definitely tell you, if you're coming to a wedding with me, she, the first thing she's going to say Fitz, beware. Don't let him do it to you. Mm-hmm. And do it to you, meaning don't let him get you drunk. No. Oh, wow. There's no. Yeah. And by the way, updates coming in, flying all over the place. Uh, the Vegas parade will be Saturday night. Speaking of Vegas, uh, speaking of drunk, I believe I'm hearing 7 p.m. So I got to figure out how I'm getting my way to Vegas for a parade. I always throw a parade when I get to hang out with Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, joining us right now. Field, as always, my friend, we appreciate your time. Uh, we appreciate your brilliance. Give me your brilliance on what I'm supposed to make of whatever the hell is going on between Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills at this point. Fitz, Harry, always good to be on with you guys. And I think the most interesting and compelling part of this situation is that this is part of the 1%. And the 1% that I'm referring to is drama that is introduced publicly by the team. Right? How often does a team come out and say it's very concerned about a player not being there? We can do a little simulation of what happens every other time out of 100. 99 out of 100 times. If the question was posed to a head coach, is everybody in is everybody in attendance? And the answer was no, but everybody except for Stephon Diggs is here. The natural follow-up is going to be what's going on. And 99 times out of 100 guys, the coach says, no concern there. It's something that Stefan is working through right now. We expect him here for tomorrow's practice or something to that effect, right? 
something that can downplay the situation. Instead, the Bills stoked the flames there uh, when they and that when Sean McDermott said he was very concerned. I don't know exactly what is going on, but something is going on, and I don't think it's related to money because just last April, April seventh to be specific, the Bills gave Stephon Diggs a four-year, ninety-six million dollar extension. He makes the second most cash amongst all wide receivers in the NFL this year. And Phil, I would say this. I think something else that didn't, you know, make things look good on the Bills uh, side of things was Josh Allen coming out and saying that, you know, we got to get Stephon Diggs more involved in the game plan. Uh, Probably not to the exact words, but somewhere along those lines, he has to be a focal point. That, in my eyes, doesn't make, you know, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, look good, nor does it make – you know, the head coach and Sean McDermott look good because Stephon Diggs outside of Josh Allen is your best player offensively. So to say that and and that not be the focal point, it's raising eyebrows on my end. What do you take from that as well? Yeah, no, Harry, it was just one more log on the fire, right? It's like two of the three parties that have been either have either spoken publicly or have been accounted for in a statement. You know, obviously, you have Sean McDermott, the head coach, Josh Allen, the quarterback, and then the agent for Stephon Diggs, whose statement to Adam Schefter, I thought, tried to downplay the incident. And Josh Allen spoke after that tweet from Shefty, and I think he could have easily gone up there and just said, hey, Stephon's my guy, I love him, working through something, no big deal. Instead, as you referenced, Terry, he went up there and kind of fanned the flames even more. So this is uncommon, it's certainly unique. And I think it speaks to something that goes beyond money. It goes beyond, like, this is not about whether the Bills are good enough to, to win big in Buffalo. They are clearly good enough to win big in Buffalo. This feels like family business. And when it's family business, as all of us know on this show, it's a lot easier, uh, or it's a lot harder, I should say, for us to figure out if there is a resolution that can make all parties happy. Y'all got to educate me, because you both know more than I ever will about any of this, but Field, it just, this is what hits me as weird, to get this far into the offseason and have family drama. Is that is that out of the ordinary? It feels like most organizations would have already handled this behind closed doors. So how out of the ordinary is it that we're this far into the offseason and there's still this family drama? Yeah, it's a little, it's certainly unorthodox, Fitz. But here's what I will say, and Tim Hasselbeck gets credit for making this point before I did yesterday, is that you know, between basically January and a couple of days ago, Stephon Diggs had no obligation to be in Buffalo and be with the Bills. So it's not like he's been around. They've had chances to talk face-to-face. and Those efforts have proven to be in vain. Instead, this is possibly the first time the Diggs has been back in the building for five months uh, because of the fact that OTAs are not mandatory. So it could be that that is the reason why the timing feels so unique to us is that they just haven't had a chance to hash these things out. So I do think the most likely scenario is that they find some sort of common ground that makes things amicable enough to work through for this year. But not often that we have June drama that involves a star player not being at minicamp, but also not due to his contract. This is a unique one, to say the least. Okay, Phil, right now Patrick Mahomes is the king. He's the guy that everyone is trying to dethrone. Which quarterbacks in the NFL is most likely to knock off Mahomes in 2023-2024 season? Yeah, I'll go back to Joe Burrow, and that's probably a lame, sort of like a low-hanging fruit answer. But back-to-back years, the Chiefs and Bengals have met in the AFC Championship game, and Joe Burrow has done something 
that few others have been able to accomplish, which is beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. As a matter of fact, the only other quarterback that has done that, uh, I believe, is uh, Tom Brady, right? I think Tom Brady obviously got him in the Super Bowl. Uh, Burrow got him in the championship game, and then Brady got him back in the AFC title game uh, during Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starter. So um, Burrow's in very select company in that regard, and one of those games was the Bengals trailing 21-3 to at halftime. So he's pulled them a Mahomes playoff thing, which is to get down big and still come back. And Cincinnati, I think, has had the most exposure to Kansas City. There's no answer for Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense, but their defense has done the best job of kind of slowing down that Mahomes offense uh, as much as you can reasonably. So I'll go with Cincinnati, but there are other candidates. I'll go with Joe Burrow, I guess I should say. But Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen come to mind this year, and I think those are the other two that maybe are my first blush answers. Uh, I think it's a youth movement type player. I don't think it's going to be the veteran who's been – maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Jets could do it, but I think if they're able to beat the Chiefs, it might be uh, in equal part because the fact that their defense is just that good. All right, Field. I mean, the the Vegas Aces shocked the world. The Golden Knights shocked the world. I mean, any chance that, like – I mean, just a little hope. Can I get a little hope? Like, just a little, like, I'm not saying the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, yeah, the Aces, Jimmy the Golden Knights, like Jimmy G. Let's go. Why not? Why not? Hey, Fitz, I'll tell you what. Um, I've learned this, and I was reminded of it last year, is that uh, June prognostications are often worth their weight in paper, right? I mean, last year we were all talking about somebody has to finish last in the AFC West. Who's it going to be? And it turned out that we had two teams that ended up with top seven picks. Well, the Broncos didn't because they already traded the way, but they had the fifth overall pick. The Raiders had the seventh overall pick. Sorry to remind you of that, but um, you got to play the games, man. And uh, we'll see whether the Raiders' bet pays off or not. But their bet this offseason is that uh, the whole can be greater than the sum of the parts this year as opposed to the sum of the parts last year where it felt like there were a couple of relationships that were misfit that prevented them from getting to where they wanted to be as a franchise. All I heard you say right there was that the Raiders are going to be this year's Seahawks and shock the world. Stop. Would you stop? You need to be worried about whose boot is cooler, yours or Jimmy G. That's what you you should be worried about. No, my boot's way cooler than Jimmy G's, but he is better looking (laughs) than I am. Field, I appreciate you for trying to give me some hope. It's hard working with Harry every day. He's good looking and he's smarter than I am. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Field, thanks for hanging out with us. He's richer than you and I, too, Fitz. It's a problem. (laughs) That is true. Cassidy Douglas. We appreciate you, Field. Thank you. See you guys. Do it again soon. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, joining us. I'm on one. Why? Because last night was historic. Not for a team, but for a city. I'll tell you why. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 Three is a magic number.
When you talk about what's casting in Vegas on Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, to me, part of this conversation is that Vegas has squarely become one of the destination sports towns in the United States of America. I never thought I would say that sentence even 10 years ago because of gambling regulations, all those other things. It is now a spot that is a hotbed for professional sports. Three hours later. How long can you be on one after your favorite team wins a championship? I'm asking because I've never been here before. <laughs> Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It's interesting because it's not that long ago people rolled their eyes at the concept of putting a hockey team in the desert. And it's not that long ago that everyone said it wouldn't work. It's not that long ago people were shocked when the Raiders decided to move to Vegas. And it's not that long ago, Harry, that people looked at Vegas and said, I don't think you can support something here. And what did we see last night? A packed arena that's been packed for much of the year. We saw a plaza outside that was an absolute rocking scene of chaos and debauchery, just like Vegas at its best and worst, right? We saw all of this in the middle of summer in Vegas. We saw everybody flocking to T-Mobile Arena and we saw this reminder that Las Vegas has become one of the premier, not just party towns, but sports towns in the country. Harry, you know Nashville well. And part of what makes Nashville great is the sports scene, the Titans and the Preds, but yep. also the scene around it. Nashville and Vegas have that in common. They've become a scene that's synonymous with not only a party and not only music and not only live entertainment, but also sports. And once you take this huge leap into that, once that's part of your identity and fabric, it changes the way people see a city. It's it's the power that comes with the championship like this. Well, I love that you mentioned the city of Nashville because you look at them in Vegas and if you just think about the two cities, you think, okay, these are probably small market areas, right? But what we've learned about both of those places is that when you give them a product and something to root and cheer for, the people around those cities and in those cities are gonna show up and show out and support them 1000%. And I think that's all you can ask for if you're a fan is just give them the opportunity to. Right. Give them the opportunity to go and root for their hometown team. Give them the opportunity to go and yell and scream and heckle the opposing team that comes in and play them, plays them. And I think when you look at Vegas and you look at that city and what it, it has become, well, what it was first from a gambling standpoint in which fits. I'll tell you that Vegas is my favorite city to visit outside of me being here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's my favorite city in the United States to go to go and visit literally. But now you add sports to the dimension, and I think it's just more than the gambling part of things, and people on the outside of that city are starting to view it in a different light as well. Yeah, you're 1,000% right. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, obviously I will continue to celebrate. Y'all can find me at the parade. It looks like 7 p.m. Uh, in Vegas can on Saturday. Can I have one more thing? Yeah, one more yeah, thing? please do, please do. I literally believe the best club in the United States is in Las Vegas too, and that's called Dre's. Oh, Dre's. Literally the best club in the in the United States and the Dre's after hours. So if I don't want to go to Dre's, the club that night or any other club, I take me a power nap and I wake up about 2.30, 2 a.m. in the morning 
and I take my ass to Dre's and still have me a good time at the out the out spot. Uh, you you uh you uh gonna send me that Dre's contract uh, contact for when I'm out there uh, Saturday maybe maybe get hip, 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 hip. Look at that! Look at that! All right, the other and big not just there. I got co- uh, you know I got contacts everywhere. I, I got well, you. There's no I mean I'll stumble into all the clubs after I uh, after the parade at least until they kick me out. The other big story today is Bill Stefan Diggs. It all started obviously. We heard Sean McDermott yesterday say that Diggs wasn't at minicamp and he was quote very concerned. Then we learned that he was there but didn't participate in practice. Sean McDermott just said to the media in Buffalo that he wants to provide clarity on the situation. He said Diggs has done everything they asked of him, including reporting on Monday and Tuesday. He gave Diggs permission to leave yesterday after things reached a point that they needed a break. Like, this is Michael Jackson moonwalking. Like, this is he walking it back now? at. Like, like uh, Evan, put that back up on the screen for us here. McDermott has said that uh, he wanted to provide clarity. Clarity of his own statements, by the way. He's the one he said he's very concerned. So now, all of a sudden, he said yes. Yesterday, very concerned after he dismissed Diggs because of how important— Oh, now he says he used the term very concerned yesterday after dismissing Diggs because of how important Diggs is. But that these are healthy conversations that needed to happen. So he's trying now to just put all sorts— of, No, 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 honey. It's too late now, Bob. I, it's too I, late now. I know I told you that I had something in my lap while I got a dance— I was just saying a lap dance, like, I didn't mean, like, he's walking this thing back like crazy at this point. But but I think it's to the point of what Phil Yates just said when we just had him on a moment ago, right? Like, your choice of words threw gasoline on the fire. And if you were careful with your choice of words the first time around, you probably wouldn't be in this situation right now. And not just him, but also your quarterback, if he was careful with his choice of words. So not only did you have one person in the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, you had the quarterback, the second person of the Buffalo Bills, that also threw gasoline on the fire and made things much worse than it probably is. And it's still an issue, but I think they made it worse from our standpoint. Yeah, also, though, McDermott's not a first-year head coach. Like, I, I laugh at Mike McDaniel giving us that weird coach speak of saying, like, I was born, but I wasn't born yesterday. I'm in year two. Of basically saying, hey, I know not to answer these questions. Sean McDermott's been a head coach long enough to know you can't do that. Coming out and saying, very concerned about Stephon Diggs not being here. Like, he didn't provide the proper context to it yesterday. Now he wants to provide clarity, which only makes it look like he's walking his words back, which only makes everybody wonder what's actually going on, which only makes everybody more suspicious. Like, Harry, this whole weird cycle was created... By Sean McDermott, he's got to know better. He's got to be better, do better when he stands in front of a microphone. And you wonder why I picked someone else to win the AFC East this year. And you wonder why. I'm starting to get talked into it. Like, as much as I love the Dolphins, maybe it's time for me just to become Team Miami in this division. Because, like like I said earlier. Oh, you're just going to dismiss the Jets like that. You see see him, Evan? You see how disrespectful he is, Evan? J-E-T-S third, third, third. That's the right way. That's the way the check goes. (laughs) J-E-T-S third, third, third. Third, uh, T H I R D is is. Oh, by the way, well, if I we told... finish third, we won't have to play the Raiders the year after because they'll finish fourth. Oh, I'm sorry. When's the last time one of your teams won a championship? Because I'm less now than 24 hours removed bubbling. from watching a championship for my favorite team. Longtime Nuggets fan. Two wow. days. Kenny and Carlin coming up. They're going to continue breaking down the Vegas Golden Knights victory for four straight hours. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.